that was, you know, it's, it's great that we always um, are blessed because how can you not be blessed with um, songs that are sung, songs that are written for us as believers, but that song is a song that we should just really take to heart that we have a God that through every storm, and I like the word every, and I know there's always key words in every verse, in every song, and it says through every storm, he's can be counted on. And isn't that a great God that we get to to talk about this morning? We worshiped this morning and it was a wonderful worship about him being the man and he is the man. You know, people say that all day and you know, in the world they say it a lot, you know, you're the man and you're the man and well he is the man. He is the man that comes through in every storm, every situation that is dire and difficult. He can be counted on to come through. And that's sobering. It's blessing. It's wonderful. What a song. What a God. What a relationship that we have that our God would do that for us. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are the kind of God that through every storm, every difficulty, every challenge, every situation, you can be counted on to come through. Because that's who you are, a God who cares about his children and loves us so dearly. And we thank you, Lord, for loving us and caring for us. And now we ask, Lord, that as we read these verses and spend this time together, Lord, that you would speak, that your power would be evident today, that I would be down low, Lord, and you would be up high. And these words would penetrate our hearts and affect change in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Exodus. We've been in Exodus a lot. I've, that's what I've been studying for the last few months at least. And it's hard to leave the book of Exodus because there's so much in it. But Exodus... Let's go to chapter 5 for a moment. And the title of this message is, Who is the Lord? And I think the breaking of bread kind of gave a, a good introduction to it because he's the man, as we mentioned. He's, he's the one. Who is the Lord? Well, I think we'll have a hopefully a little bit of a closer idea or uh, uh, relationship with him this morning. And maybe we'll be encouraged to know him a little bit more so that we can walk a little bit closer and our life will be a little bit more effective this morning. That's my prayer. So as we look at these verses, which is in chapter five, I want to just kind of give you a little bit of a backdrop to it. Uh, chapter 6 is a continuation of the last part of chapter 5, which is where we're going to begin. The time for the plagues to descend upon the Egyptians is at hand. 
right before the plagues are coming. That's what we're talking about. The battle of the gods is about to begin. What has led up to this moment in retrospect, we find that the first thing Moses and Aaron and the elders of Israel did was ask Pharaoh for permission to go out into the wilderness and sacrifice unto the Lord for three days. Pharaoh's answer was no. Pharaoh said no. And I think it's good to kind of read that section of when Pharaoh said no, because I didn't really appreciate it as much until I read it over and over. And if you go to chapter five, the first part of chapter five, it says after Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh. And this is after God had told him to go to Pharaoh. This is the first time that they met. Now, Moses is going to Pharaoh with a message from God. And it says afterward, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go. The God of Israel says, let my people go. It might have been his first introduction to the God of Israel. He might not have heard about the God of Israel. And maybe he did in passing by some of the slaves heard about this God of Israel. But listen to his response. He said, let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the desert. Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? What an incredible statement. Who is the Lord? Who is he? I mean, Pharaoh, that's what he said. I don't know him. And he actually went on to say, I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. He said, this God you're talking about that's sending me a message, who is he? I don't know him. Do we know him this morning? Isn't that beautiful that as believers today, and when I say a believer, a person that knows him, that knows him, because now we know him, don't we? He gave us the scriptures. He told us about himself through the scriptures. And that's the beauty of the scriptures is that we now can say we have a faith in our Lord Jesus Christ because of the scriptures. We can say we know the Lord. Behind me, it says Jesus is Lord. Do we know the Lord? Pharaoh didn't know him. I didn't know him at one point. And people in here, we know him now. There was a point where we did not know him. And there could be somebody in here today that doesn't know him. The wonderful thing about the scriptures is the scriptures have been telling us for years and years and years and years and years as we read the scriptures. We read more and more and more of the scriptures as we grow closer to our Lord. And the scriptures were written thousands of years ago. And from the beginning of the scriptures, they've been talking about who the Lord is. You open the book of the Bible and it says who God is. This is who I am. I did this. I create heaven and earth. I created man. I created Adam and Eve. He didn't just leave Adam and Eve. He gave them directions because he wanted them to know what to do. And he wanted them to know more so that he was the Lord. He is the Lord. And he told him that. Now, as we read on, 
we read that Pharaoh got a little upset because they came to him and told him to release the uh, the Israelites for three days. And then we get to the portion of scripture that is. It, it affected me a lot because I was thinking about Moses response to Pharaoh. And I was thinking about Moses response to the the Israelites, because if we go to verse 22 of chapter five. This is right after Moses had gone to the Israelites. And told them or went to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh, this is what the Lord wants you to do. And then Pharaoh's response was, no, I'm not going to let them go. And his response was about that they're going to have to make straw or make bricks with no straw. And he said that instead of giving you guys straw, I want you to make bricks without straw. So he challenged them. He said that you've been able to make these bricks and we've been supplying the straw. But because Moses came to me and and asked for you guys to be free, I'm no longer going to supply the straw. So his reaction was, do not give them any straw because they're lazy. And Pharaoh was upset. Now, when they responded, when Pharaoh responded that way and told the foreman what to do, they went to the Israelites. I mean, they went to uh, the Israelites and they actually told them, Go get your own straw. And then they were burdened. They were having problems getting the straw. And it says the Israelite foreman realized that they were in trouble. And when they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron. And this is in verse 19 and verse 20. And they found Moses and Aaron waiting for them. And they said, may the Lord look upon you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in the hand to kill us. And then Moses' reaction was in verse 22. Moses returned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you brought trouble on this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. Pharaoh went to, Pharaoh talked to, the people and discourage the people. And then Moses was discouraged because of the reaction. And Moses was interesting how Moses asked the Lord a question. Why have you brought trouble upon this people? Moses was already told what God would do. But he was so discouraged by their reaction. That he actually went to God, God and asked him, you're causing trouble. He, he, kind of like you're a troublemaker. He was making trouble because God was telling Moses what to do. And it didn't seem like it was working. And that's why Moses asked the question. And then Moses went on. He says, ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble on this people and you have not rescued your people at all. Moses actually said, you haven't done the job that you promised you would do. And, you know, I was dealing with all kind of issues with um, with work one day. And I remember reading this. 
And it really burdened my heart because it's easy to question God, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? I mean, isn't it? It's easy to question him and say, it doesn't look right, Lord. Something's not right. And Moses did that honestly. He said, you haven't done what you said you would do. You said you were going to rescue the people. And even though it's only been a short period of time, you haven't done the job that you promised you would do. And it convicted me when I read that. It convicted me because I had to think about how many times God has reminded me that he is in my life. It convicted me because it reminded me to think about all the promises that God has for us as his children. And how much we can, if we're not careful, say, Lord, how come you haven't done that yet? You said you were going to fix my marriage. You said you were going to bring me a spouse. You said you were going to get rid of a spouse, which I don't think he would say that. But we can think that. And we can think you were going to get rid of a boss or a person or a situation. And we can ask that question, can't we? We can ask the question, it's like, why, Lord? Why have you brought trouble in my household? Why haven't you done what you said you would do? You told me you would never leave me nor forsake me. I don't see you right now. I don't feel you right now. I don't sense your presence right now. I don't understand this illness that I have. And I think about Jessica, and I know, you know, what a question that I would ask. is like, Lord, why me? You know, the Bible says that you love me and you, you care for me. Why do I have this illness? Why do I have this situation that I'm in? And that's where Moses was. Think about that this morning. Think about how Moses questions God and how we question God at times. How we don't understand sometimes what's going on. And you think about it and you think about God's reaction, which is where chapter six starts. And I think about God's response to Moses. And his response was not like, well, what do you think you're doing asking me a question like that? Moses, I told you what I would do. I told you that I would rescue them. I told you that I would deliver them. I gave you instructions already. I told you what I would do. Why are you asking me a question like that? Don't you believe me? No, God doesn't start the chapter out like that. His response to Moses was a promise of deliverance. He reiterated it again. But listen to the words that he said, which I think are very important. He says, now you will see. Whoa, whoa, okay. In a world where we don't really focus on what we have to have faith for, do you? The world focuses on what? Seeing is believing. That's what the world says. If you can't see it, you can't believe it. If it's not in front of you, it's not real. In a world where it says, I have to see it before I believe it, God is saying to me, you don't have to see it, do you, Ron, before you'll believe it? But he had mercy on, on Moses, didn't he? Because he reminds Moses, he says, then the Lord said to Moses, now you will see what I will do. He says, because you don't believe it, so now you'll see. 
I'll show it to you because I want you to see. I want you to know that I'm the Lord. I want you to have faith in me. So he says, now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh because of my mighty hand. He says, I have a mighty hand. And I want to remind you that I have a mighty hand. I want to remind everybody today, God has a mighty hand. It's not a small hand. He uses his mighty hand for mighty situations, big problems. He's a person that, a God that deals with big situations in our lives. Because he has a mighty hand. And he says, I will let them go. Because of my mighty hand. And he will drive them out of his country. And God said to Moses, I am the Lord. You want to know who I am? I am the Lord. What a question Pharaoh would ask. Who is the Lord? And people ask that all the time. Who is the Lord? He says, I want you to know today, Moses, I want you to know. I am the Lord. And God told me that, guys. He says, Ron, do you know who I am? You're dealing with this situation. Do you know? I mean, I know you have a question, Mark, and I got it. And I know you can't see it, but I promise you'll be able to see it. But do you also know that I said in my scriptures that I will do this? I I will not ever leave you nor forsake you. I said it. I said I will return to have you to bring you to me. I will rescue you. I have so many I wills. I went through the Bible and was looking up I wills, and there's more than a thousand I wills in the scriptures. There's almost a hundred in Exodus and in uh, Genesis alone, a hundred each. I wills. I will do this. I will do that. Not I think I will, not I might, but I will. And he, he had to remind me, Ron, this is who I am. I am the Lord. And I will do what I said I would do. And he encouraged me. And I hope that you're encouraged today to be reminded. Maybe we already know what God will do. Maybe we see it. Maybe we don't have to actually see the the consequences of of a decision. We don't have to see the outcome of, of a situation that we're in right now. But we have that kind of faith where we say, I don't have to see, Lord. I just believe you. But can we at least say to Lord today, I know that you are the Lord. And I believe you and I don't have to see. I don't have to see. And then we read on where it says in verse six, it says, therefore, say to the Israelites, he wanted them to give the Israelites a message. He said, I want the Israelites to know that I am the Lord. So he said it again. The second time in the chapter, he says, I am the Lord. First of all, I want to preface this to you by saying I am the Lord. I am God. I am able to do all things. I created the universe. I created the stars. I created everything. I am the Lord. And what will I do? And I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. He says, I want to tell you something. I have I have a message to give you. I am the Lord, first of all. And I think we have to start there to know he's the Lord. He's able. He's powerful. He can do all things. And he says, I will do what? I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with a mighty axe of judgment. I will take you as my own people. I will be your God. I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand. I will give it to you as a possession 
because I am the Lord. Wow. That's what he told Moses to tell them. Do we believe the I wills of the Bible? Do we believe when God says, I will, that he will? Do we have to see it? We can't require God to show it before we believe it. Because when he says, I will, he's telling them that this is what will happen in the future. Just trust me. I know you don't understand. I know it doesn't make sense, but just trust me. I know you can't see it because it doesn't make sense. And a lot of times it doesn't make sense, does it? What we're dealing with, what we're going through. It's like I've talked to a couple guys that were dealing with jobs that were very difficult, a transition to a new job that didn't make sense, went in and didn't understand what to do. Didn't understand. It was a transition. Knew their old previous job, but are in a new job now and don't understand what to do. And it's hard to have confidence, isn't it, when we don't know. But as we learn a little bit more about the job, what happens? A certain level of confidence comes to us. And then we can say, wow, now I have a little bit more confidence, a little bit more confidence. And that's what the scriptures provide for us. A little bit more confidence. Because what? We start reading what the I wills are reading what God says he will do for us, and we gain a little bit more confidence that, wow, I can trust this God. I don't have to see it to believe it. And it's great how he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will come back and take you to be with me. I will see you again, and you will rejoice. These are some of the promises, and there's many, many, many promises in the scriptures. Many promises. Now, It's pretty interesting to look at their response to the I wills. If you go down to verse 9, it says, Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement. Again, Moses reported this to the Israelites. What did he report? He reported the I wills. He reported that what God said he will do. He said, God's going to rescue you. He's going to free you. You're going to be his children. He's going to be your God. I'm going to deliver you. I'm not going to abandon you. He says, I'm going to do these things. And he told the Israelites this. But they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and cruel bondage. And you think that's what discouragement does, isn't it? Just think about what discouragement does. Discouragement causes us to question God, to not understand what's going on. And discouragement means all it says is that I can't see it. I I can't see it. I'm discouraged. And that's what they, they were thinking. All they could see was that they were trying to make bricks with no straw. And that they were failing. And that they were getting beaten. And that they were suffering. So when Moses told them about what God said he will do and that God is the Lord, their response was, because of my discouragement, I can't see it. That's what discouragement is. It's like a blinder that goes up in front of our face and can stop us from seeing what God will do. But the Bible still is accurate. The scriptures still are right. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
You can count on me, he says. I'm your God. I am the Lord. So I have this all under control. You don't have to see it to believe it. And you think about one of the greatest verses in the Bible was when um, they were talking to the apostles. Jesus was coming back to the apostles and he was showing them after he was resurrected and he was showing them their hands and his feet. And they believed when they saw him. And then they, they were told Thomas because Jesus left right before Thomas came. And Thomas said, I will not believe until I see. And Jesus didn't show up. And I forget what the scripture says for four, five, seven days, something like that. He didn't come back immediately. He knew Thomas's heart, too. But he let him sit with that heart for a few days. And then a few days later, he came and he said, Thomas, I want you to see these hands and these feet. And Thomas said, I believe. I see now. I believe. And Jesus said, blessed are those who don't see, but believe. And I think he's saying that today. Blessed are those in this room right now. Blessed are those with the Christians all around the world today who can say, I don't have to see, Lord. I believe. He said, you will be blessed if you don't have to see. There are people in this room that have prayed a lot for different things. And now some of them actually have seen the results of their prayer. Like Miriam, right? Prayed for a child. Now you see the results. Now she sees. God is, wow, he's able. Wow, God came through again. And as we have prayer night, we lift up prayer requests and we lift up answers to prayer. And as a group, we get to see how God answers prayers in this congregation. Because he says, I can't show you everything. Seeing is believing in the world, but believing is important for my children. Trusting is important for my children. And that's what he was doing to the uh, Israelites, and that's what he was offering them. He was offering them a promise about what he will do. And I just want everybody to know today that he has promises for us today. And the promises are, I will come through. No matter what your situation is right now, you can count on me. And that's what God says, you can count on me. I could be counted on. Think about the people in our lives that have let us down. How many times have you been let down? I've been let down before where somebody says, I will do this and I will be there at a certain time. And then I get there and they're not there. And they don't show up. Or they don't even do what they said they promised they would do. Well, I'm telling you today that God's not a God that doesn't do what he says he would do. He's a God that comes on time and does exactly what he said he would do. And he says, you don't have to see this. You just have to believe it. You have to just trust me. And that's where he took me. He says, Ron, just trust me. You don't have to see anything. You don't have to understand it. Just trust me. Now, a couple verses that I think might help us, and we'll end in a couple seconds, is what can we do to help us not question God? And Isaiah 30, 21 says, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying this way, walk in it. Luke 11, 10 through 13 says, which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If then 
though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He knows what we need. And then one of the other things that we can do, the second thing that we can do is look for ways of honoring God in our present situation. And this is a heavy one, I think. First Thessalonians 5:16 through 18 says, "Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus." And you ask, how can we be joyful always, pray continually, and give thanks in all situations? There's only one way, is we have to just trust him. And he's saying in that verse, I'm asking for you to do that. If you want to see me and see my power and have the peace, I'm asking for you to do that, to be joyful, to pray, and to give thanks in all circumstances. And then the third point would be remember God will not abandon us. And one of the verses that we all know is Deuteronomy 4.31, which says, The Lord, your God, is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget his covenant. And then number four, the last point that would be helpful for us to really, really deal with not having to see things before we believe is to wait on the Lord's plan. Just to wait on the Lord. Just wait. He says, you don't have to see. And in order to not have to see, to believe, we have to be willing to wait. It's like, I, Lord, I don't see it, but I'll wait. Doesn't make sense, but I'm going to trust you and wait. And you think about 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he might lift you up in due time. What is due time? His time. That he might lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And you go back a couple verses in the scriptures. It says the Lord looked at the Israelites' conditions. It says the Lord said, I have indeed seen your misery, the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. Isn't that our God? He says, I see you. I see your condition. I see your situation, and I'm concerned. I'm concerned. And then you look at Psalm 27, 14. says, wait on the Lord, be strong, take heart, wait on the Lord. And we love this verse, but Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Our God has plans for us. Plans to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give you hope. He says, I want to give you hope. I want to give you hope this morning. I don't want to harm you. And I want to give you a future. He says, then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. He says, come to me. This morning. 
says, I will listen to you. I'm listening because I'm concerned about you. And then he says, you will seek me. And isn't it great that he says, you'll seek me and you'll find me. He doesn't say, you'll seek me and maybe you'll find me. You'll seek me and maybe I'll be there. You'll seek me and, 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 and you know, throw a coin up in there and maybe it's heads or tails. Possibly you'll, you'll get me, but maybe you won't. Maybe you'll call on the phone and you'll get my answering machine. He says, no. You'll seek me and you'll find me. And when we seek me with all your heart, and then I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. Captivity of what? A problem, a situation, a difficulty. I'll bring you home. I'll give you peace. Now, we read what they would do or what the Israelites said in response. It's interesting that God told Moses what to tell the Israelites because he really, really was concerned about them. And the Bible is just full of just verses and verses and verses about how he's concerned about us. And when he told them what he will do, because of their discouragement, they didn't believe. And it challenges me, and I hope it challenges you this morning, to think about the fact that he's saying to us this morning, this is what I will do. I will be there for you. I won't deny you. I will rescue you. I won't abandon you. I'll be there because I'm your God, and I care for you. And he means it. He, he, you know, I can't preach the way he means it. It's impossible. I wish I could say it the way he would say it. Because I think he would say it with tears rolling down his face. Please, understand that I won't abandon you. I won't leave you. I'm concerned about you. And when the Israelites heard that, because of their discouragement, they said no. We won't listen. And I hope that we can say this morning that we will listen. Even though we're discouraged. Because we are sometimes. Sometimes more than others. We're discouraged and we don't understand. And we can't see it. And like Jenny's saying, he will prove himself time and time again. He does. He proves himself time and time again. Because he cares for us and loves us so much. Now, I was reading something, this little story, and I'll just end with this. It says, believing without seeing. It says, in a bunker near Cologne some, were some hunted men who had hidden for a time during World War II. And this inscription was on the wall of their bunker. I believe in the sun even if it's not shining. I believe in God, even if he's silent. I believe in his love, even if it's hidden. It could be hidden, couldn't it? But we need to believe in it. Can we believe in God even though he's silent this morning? 
Even though we don't hear him right now, we don't see it now. He says, you don't have to see it. Just believe. Just believe. Let us pray. Dear Father, we thank you so much that you're concerned about us. We thank you so much that you care for us. We thank you so much that the word of God shows time and time again how much you love us, how much you're interested in us. And sometimes you don't make it clear to us, Lord, what you're doing. Sometimes we can't see the solution to our problems, to our difficulties. But may we say this morning, through our discouragement, that we will believe. May we say no matter what our situation, that you are the Lord, that you're able, and that your will will be done in our lives. And we pray that we'll be encouraged with those words and that we will trust you, that we will believe in you, and that we'll give our lives wholly to you, Lord. And if there's anyone here today that does not know the Lord, like Pharaoh said, I don't know the Lord. May they say this morning, I want to know the Lord. May they make a decision today, I really want to know the Lord. I want to have him in my heart. And may right where they're sitting today, may they invite him into their hearts. And may he change their life this morning forever. May they leave this building saying, praise God, I know the Lord. And we praise your name and love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.